0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, Greg Bondar, the Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT joining us. Hi Greg, welcome back to 2020.
1: Good morning Neil, welcome to be here.
0: Uh, Greg, let's start with the Pope, Pope Francis. He's called for same-sex civil unions and... I wonder if you've got any thoughts on why this is so important to talk about, given our position here in Australia, where we've already seen a vote for same-sex marriage. And uh, what are your thoughts here, how we might respond biblically?
1: Yeah, thank you. Now, look, uh, look, I don't want to be an alarmist uh, on on this issue, but look, this is a great departure from the position of the Vatican's doctrinal office. Now, you may be aware, but the Vatican... uh, Back in 2003, there was a Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which stated clearly, Neil, that respect for homosexual persons cannot lead in any way to approval of homosexual behaviour or to legal recognition of homosexual unions. The common good requires that laws recognise, promote and protect marriage as the basis of the family which is the primary unit of society. So what I'm saying here, Neil, is that we've got to be careful here because this is, and pardon the pun, please, another note in the coffin for biblical truth because if people around the world are going to take the the, the pontiff's um, personal views as being doctrinal, then we've got a real issue here because we've got to make sure that the the, 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 the biblical truth is made clear. And, and again, Neil, I've mentioned this before, God's word is clearly prohibits same-sex sexual activity. And we can now look at Leviticus, Romans, Corinthians, Timothy. So I'm worried that this will send the wrong message to the young ones thinking that, wow, this is all okay, and even the Pope says it's okay to have. Now, I know this is civil... But still, I think it's sending the wrong message now.
0: Well, the interesting thing is, and knowing that we were going to chat about this this morning and you've had that detail there, I thought, I wonder how many nations around the world actually have same-sex marriage and how many actually have same-sex civil unions. So a quick little search on Google, you can find out there's 195 countries in the world. 29 countries have same-sex marriage, 17 more have same-sex civil unions. So when we've already gone way beyond where the Pope is at this point, and uh, our governments have already legislated same-sex marriage, this is a really global issue here, Greg, and uh, maybe you've got a perspective here too, but there's a global issue here for the majority of countries around the world that have not legislated same-sex marriage, when the Pope makes that sort of statement, it weakens that moral fabric in every one of those other nations. Any thoughts around that idea?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you and I both know that Catholicism is one of the largest religions in the world. But despite that, Neil, the, the message that the pontiff is, is, is sending here is that it's trying to uh, encourage us to accept civil unions. Now, look, I don't care for a person's sexuality. I really don't care. If they want to be homosexual, so be it. What I care about is that once we become a person of faith, the biblical truth for me has to be out there in the public arena. I need to make sure that we don't accept this as being doctored. Because it's not. It's the Pope's personal view, which he made actually during the filming of his uh, uh, documentary on his life uh, last week on October 21st. So we've got to make sure that this is a big departure from the Vatican's doctrine. And we've got to be careful that we don't say that this is all okay. We still have to uphold our biblical values. And internationally, this is going to send a message to a lot of those people that are undecided as to whether it is good or isn't isn't good to have same-sex marriages uh, or civil unions. So, Neil, we've got to be very careful.
0: Well, when we're thinking of context here, Greg, what we're seeing is internationally what we already have noted happened in Australia, where mm. there was those recognition of same-sex civil unions. In other words, everybody has the right to all of those uh, uh, civil... Uh, uh rights uh, to you know uh, equality of you know when it comes to inheritances and uh, all sorts of taxation issues all of those sorts of things in there we went through that but all it was was a stepping stone and uh, the uh, same sex drive uh, led by lgbt uh, was using that really as a stepping stone towards same sex marriage it seems to me uh, that when the popes made this comment uh, he's he's given an extra stepping stone towards a recognition mm. of same-sex marriage in the catholic church which would be a worry for so many people listening to us but from what i understand here greg mm. a way to differentiate between catholic marriages and relationships recognized by state authorities that appears to be what he's done
1: uh, correct quite quite correct now and uh, he's really talking about the family unit here he's saying that uh, Homosexual couples ought to have the right to be a family. Well, I don't have an argument with that at all. What I'm arguing about is that it is not biblical truth. It is not doctrinal. And we have to be very careful. If we are Christians and we're Bible-believing Christians now, then we have to uphold that. Now, do do, do, do I sort of say homosexuals can't have families? Absolutely not. But we have to be careful what it is that we're accepting. And one of the things we need to understand is that um, state authorities and the church don't agree. Um, We have to be careful that when we go into the public arena, we're not saying, look, the Pope said it's okay to have same-sex marriages, so it's okay to have the same-sex relationship. Go go ahead and do what you like. That's not quite right. And we have to be careful not to interpret the Pope's message as being a free-for-all because the next step will be, if this keeps up, That the Pope or the Catholic Church may well make same-sex marriages, you know, acceptable. So we've got to be careful, and we've got to try and make sure that we continue to pray and uphold biblical truth as we go on discussing the issue. But look, every right to the homosexuals to have a family, I support it. I've got friends that are gay, and and some of them are my best friends. But I don't agree with the actual activity of. or or, or the activities that they are engaged in.
0: It's always disturbing to see leaders uh, of denominations uh, who uh, capitulate on these sorts of issues. But it's interesting, too, also to note, Greg, because we all have an access to a Bible... Uh, the biblical teaching never changes, won't change, can't change. Even if we're persecuted into change, it just doesn't change because uh, there's lots of references in the scripture and and it's beyond argument uh, of where the position of a biblical foundation on marriage lies. And uh, there's lots of uh, references in the scripture we can refer to.
1: Yeah, look. I, I, look, I can tell you the scripture verses now, Neil, and you and I both know. Look, I don't want to be called intolerant or homophobic. What I want to be called is a person of biblical truth. And I don't want to alien, alienate anyone from the truth today, Neil. And you only have to look at John 14, 6. Uh, we make sure that we teach the truth. But again, we don't want to be intolerant. We don't want to be homophobic. But it, it's pointless trying to be compassionate to endorse same-sex marriage, if the Bible says otherwise, and I'm a Bible believing Christian now.
0: And uh, for those listeners, and hearkening back to the marriage debate, where on this program we had a lot of emphasis on issues like Romans chapter one, or First mm. Corinthians chapter six, or First Timothy chapter one. Uh, mm. These are the sorts of scriptures which give you a uh, a, a position. Uh, as a Christian and understanding a biblical yeah. position on marriage and on the issue of homosexuality. So uh, powerful insights when it comes to uh, how Christians look at that. And, and so when the Catholic Church, uh, when the Pope as its leader Uh, makes a divergent opinion and weakens a Catholic position, then uh, interesting for us to note that Mm. as that's happening because that affects not only uh, the nations that already have same-sex marriage legislated, but the majority of the world that does not. And uh, so there's a big international issue around that. And let's let's talk through some other uh, quite controversial things. Uh, You've also been giving some attention this past week, Greg, to gender clinics on watch for a rise in regret over transgender treatment. What have you been looking at?
1: Well, again, now look, it's interesting. Um, We had a very good uh, journalist uh, on our webinar last week, Bernard Lane, who writes for The Australian, and he highlighted the issues with gender clinics. Now, very quickly, the point he made is, and I want to alert every mum and dad that to this point of fact that transgenderism parallels the rise in social media. In other words, the more people, young kids, engage in social media, the more likely they are to engage in transgender um, uh, activities. For example, even the clinics in Melbourne have acknowledged the possibility of online social contagion being a driver of the exponential increase in teenagers identifying as transgender and therefore seeking hormonal treatment. So I alert all mums and dads, watch what your kids are looking at on social media because it seems to be that it has a big impact on them deciding to undertake treatment now
0: okay so parents keep your eye on teenagers on social media because that fuels the movement towards the idea of identifying as a different gender so uh, transgender comes a direct connection there between social media and transgenderism and i note that the government ruled out that national inquiry into gender clinics back in april uh that was a you know seems to be uh, more politically motivated rather than the science here
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Health Minister Mr Hunt ruled out the National Inquiry, Neil, into gender clinics um, following advice from the Royal Austral- Australasian College of Physicians because he thought that the media attention would be dangerous. Well, what could be more dangerous, Neil, than to have your son or daughter undertake transgender treatment when in point of fact, when in point of fact... There is now a case going before uh, the courts where a mother is taking the, the doctors to court because they were uh, administering hormonal drugs for her son while he, he was underage. Now, they're trying to tell me, these clinicians are trying to tell me now, the gender-affirming clinicians are telling me that young children, as young as three years old, are experts in knowing their innermost gender identity, well, I've got to tell you, Neil, that, that's got to be the biggest uh, uh, furphy that I've heard for a long time. Because these are kids, and three years old is just not old enough to know what your identity is, in my view.
0: <laughs> there's a little bit of craziness in all of this, Greg. Dangerous for kids if adults debate their safety. <laughs> <Yeah. How laughs> you know, true well, is that? <laughs> I mean, you can see. That, I mean, there's just something ridiculously yeah. crazy yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's touch on another issue quickly before I have to let you go, but uh, alcohol use among Australian males. You've been monitoring some new research here. What have you found?
1: Yeah, look, I've been monitoring this because, of course, we've got our gambling reform. I'm actually meeting with the minister here in New South Wales. i trying to get better gambling reform uh, because it's just gone out of control. But one of the studies that came out of the Australian Institute of Family Studies was very quickly that, again, mums and dads, The results showed that one-fifth of Australian boys aged 10 to 14 have consumed alcohol in a certain period of time. Now, this is really disturbing because young adult males typically drink at a higher risk than older males. So, look, we've got to be very careful because, you know, we do not want to. Now, the Bible talks about wine. It talks about um, the fact that it is good, even, you know, you break bread and we've had the, the communion. But what it also saying is don't mislead your brother or sister by what you do. So we as mums and dads got to be very careful that what we do, we don't send the wrong message to our children. So let's keep an eye on them because this sort of research, Neil, is quite disturbing uh, if you've got kids under and consuming alcohol then it's a big problem I know it was a big problem in New York back in the 70s and 80s Uh, We've got to make sure that it doesn't happen here in Sydney, Australia, nationally, wherever you are.
0: And uh, other findings around a third of Australian males drink at moderate to high risk levels and young adult males typically drink at riskier levels than older males. So uh, it is something to keep an eye on if you've got sons and uh, to make that assessment about your own alcohol intake because uh, there are some dangers there that could be avoided.
1: Just sons, I've got to tell you the girls are just as bad. Um, from what I, my wife's a school teacher, and she's, uh, she can tell you stories that uh, would raise your hair on your head. You know, so we've got to be careful. It's both, it's young adults, whether male or female, but we've got to make sure that we, as mums and dads, monitor them, advise them, and again share the biblical truth with them. Now. <laughs>
0: Well as parents we want to have Christian biblical wisdom when it comes to the issues raising our families and participating in civil society and there's always great resources through Family Voice Australia. Let me point you to the website familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. A bit of a political animal. We might even hear from you again tomorrow too Greg uh, when we're doing a special update. on the pre-election it's uh, the day before the Queensland election Uh, we're going to have a panel of our uh, commentators talking through the issues and uh, Greg if you're available uh, we'll have you and uh, have your thoughts too and from a national scale on what's happening in Queensland Greg Bondar thanks so much
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media To find out more about us go to vision.org.au